There was a knocking. I don't know how much more I need to say. It was another break in the game, or in the mystery of the game, more accurately. And sure, there had been many. But you really can't deny that it was the most prolific. After all, the game was supposed to be entirely text-based. It was not supposed to have sound. I mean, right? Of course right. Of course you are more than ready to agree that the game wasn't supposed to have sound. Because I, who tells you this tale, have always said that the game was not supposed to have sound. And you believed me. Now, can we unpack the reasons why? Maybe that's going a step too far. But I guess I'll see if you're still here figuratively at the end of this episode. If I cross a line, which I think I might be doing, you'll turn me off and that will be that. You'll never come back to this feed. Maybe you won't even come back to any of my other feeds. The Oracle of Dusk, Temporal Light, etc., etc. All of that you'll disconnect from. But right now, you're here, hearing me tell this story, and you are believing every word I'm telling you that you cannot verify for any number of reasons. First of all, maybe this just doesn't matter. Like, this tale just does not matter to you. So whatever, this is not something you need to think about. So you don't think about it. And it is what it is. I know what that's like. For example, there's this anecdote I like, and I mention it from time to time, that Victor Hugo was paid by the word for his prolifically large novel, Les Miserables. I say that a lot, but do I ever bother to verify it? Assuming I could, I have not. Because it does not matter. The truth behind the statement does not matter. Now this little tale explains why the book is so long, and it makes the length of that book and its meandering nature kind of funny. Also, it has the sort of big writer energy I would love to be able to channel. But in terms of practical consequences, it's nothing. Now, in this podcast, in terms of consequence, to you, nothing. Sure, there are aspects of my life that seem to be unraveling. Eyes that seem to follow me around wherever I go. And I'm not saying that in a paranoid-type way. Not in a disconcerting, break-from-reality-type way. I know the truth. You see, time has been a bit... inconsistent... on the generosity front. And after so many years, one of us has quicker reflexes than the other. And for once, I'm the one who gained. For once, I have the upper hand, which is bizarre. Not sure how to make the most of this, though. But since you're clearly listening to this, I guess I get to gloat a little bit, which is something. But you need to stop following me. I can catch you doing it. I'm quicker than you now. And you know you should not be pressing your luck like this. 
for both of us. You would think that this development was going to be an earth-shattering one on the forum. Like those that have come before it. Particularly those that involve me. And you might be expecting me to call it Level 3, right? You might think that the sudden sound, literal sound, would feel like a life-altering event when even the mention of it sent us into a tizzy. And sure, screaming is much more alarming and mentally coded as distressing than any sort of knocking sound. Knocking, you see, derives a sense of power from its context, but only from its context. Take a scary movie as an example. The audience knows the killer could be the one knocking, but the characters on the screen do not. And so the knocking can be simultaneously frightening and not. Maybe, to you who have followed this tale from a distance, a both physical and temporal distance, the knocking is therefore a big deal. But to the forum, at the time, it was not. Perhaps it wasn't fair for me to keep this from you for so long, but there was no level 3. Some games just can't progress that far. Or, maybe you trusted what the internet has always been. Not in an authoritative type sense. Because pro tip, you should not believe everything you see on the internet, and I doubt that is news to you. But you know that obscure corners, unexplained mysteries, basic user interfaces? That's all par for the course. That's part of the internet particularly the earlier internet. Much of the creative process online has been unbounded and unexpected. And maybe that's why you got into podcasting, because anything can be expressed digitally. The creative toolbox is somewhat limitless, or not limitless. There's no external limits. It's just your imagination and whatever your skill set is, or can become with enough determination. Open opportunities, the ability to create more, all of that is here. Figuratively here. In the wild west that is the internet. The uncapped world wide web. A world in its own right. So... A bizarre website like the one I described, with an accompanying forum, none of it credited or attributed in any way, its origins a mystery. Well, that's completely possible, right? And maybe you think you remember it yourself. With so much time gone, I would not be expected to remember all the details. So you would expect to only hear pieces from me, Scraps, you could also call them. And it's more common to be really bad at keeping a journal than it is to be diligent about it. The pieces are there, so it makes sense to you. This is believable at face value. And you don't need anything more than what you figuratively see. What you hear me say, I guess. Not what I could possibly mean. 
The gradual exodus off of the forum still happened, even after the knocking was discovered. If anything, the revelation seemed to quicken everyone's departure, because it seemed to beg the question, what was any of this for? Were we actually going to spend a not insignificant chunk of our lives chasing little things like this? I mean, we had done so already. And look what it had gotten us. And maybe it did not even matter in the context of the game. See, I have told you about the big developments. The ones I've stumbled into. Because in a story about me and maybe kind of sort of my friend, that's the part that matters. But there were plenty of fake outs and red herrings. Things that I did not include here. Things that I could not include. Choices were made. Ones that I cannot explain to you all. But maybe you could see some of them. Understand them. For example, there was an element of time involved in filtering out events. Even if I can make these episodes however long I want or however frequent, it doesn't necessarily mean I should. After all, we all have things to do and other shows to listen to. And the Funhouse Hallway does not even matter to you. Whatever this story is to you, you don't need to be as engrossed in all the details as we were. And maybe there's something merciful about restricting the flow of information in this case. If you could believe that. If you could believe that a withholding of information could ever be justified. Or reasonable. I have no way of knowing your opinions. But for the record, to state for the record, I don't think you should necessarily trust that. Or at least, you should be aware that there are pieces of information that really can't ever be left out. Things that are, in fact, fairly critical to the story. Why would be a major question on that front. It always comes down to why, otherwise known as something I cannot tell you. Now, is my record worth anything? Maybe you should have been asking yourself that all the while. The question of motivation had been floating around for quite some time. When faced with something so absurd as this exercise, it has to always be looming. It's like... It's like working in the nonprofit sector. Those salaries trend towards the lower end of market value, not always but often. However, it's not like people don't know why. In a nonprofit office, revenue is not coming in or being sought out with the same fervor as it is in a big corporation. So if you really value yourself and your labor, or need to pretend that you do, you have to have a reason why you've been putting up with all of it. Not quite a take-that-capitalism sort of reason, but something to help you sleep at night against the fear that your employer is taking advantage of you. Because maybe they are. At least in other ways. And, well, for most people, 
It's the assurance that you're making a change in the world, right? Something that you cannot put a price tag on. It's this belief that you are doing something worthwhile that compensates for the lack of funds in your salary. Or it's what you think is worthwhile. Your affirmation is pretty important. But that's a different matter. And maybe I should not have used that as an example, because the transparency involved in working at a nonprofit negates the rest of it. The rest of the connection, I mean. On the forum, or any internet chatting type space divorced from names or pictures, there was no such thing as transparency. Someone would say something, you could choose to believe it, or you could choose not to. For me, the Funhouse hallway and all its challenges or absurdity, well, it was all preferable to the alternatives, to my real life. It was what I would consider to be, a valid use of my time because its frustrations weren't literal sufferings. That was it. It was a reason, though, that was so simple as to be hard to believe on occasion. However, Aishi had reason to believe me, and my reasons for being there, regardless of what I said they were. Regardless of how far-fetched it might have seemed in its simplicity. Lying was something of an impossibility, as there was just no way I could hide things from them. There was no way to twist the truth and present a facade. Not in front of them. As far as relationships go, that's a state that's hard to reach, particularly in the digital space. But we had managed it. Somehow. For all intents and purposes, that left... Well, it left Aishi and the Watchman. The Watchman was here, or there, because he was lonely in a particular way and stumbled on a community of younger individuals who were, in various ways, lost and in search of the same sort of guidance he had in spades. It was easy to see. He was open about it. He was also open about not caring much about the game at all. So it should have been so easy to believe him. To trust him. I mean, I did. But to Aishi... It wasn't. The final of the big three reasons you could believe the story I'm telling you, at face value, is that somehow, against overwhelming odds, you trust me. I've told you, or alluded to, the fact that this story is tailored. And you may know me from my fiction podcasting, and yet, you think you can trust me. In some ways, there's no reason not to. I'm not asking for much. Just a fraction of your time that you could also spend doing something else. There's no big loss here for you. Or maybe we interact on social media and you've seen pictures of my cats. Which feels... Platonically intimate. Or at least, is a reason you think you can trust me. But that's only a part of the larger picture. 
It's only a glimpse. The scope of it all is the actual problem. Two of the three accounted for. But honestly, that's how it may have to stay. Before then, I had never really questioned Aishi's reasoning for sticking around. I mean, it helped their case that they were only half-heartedly present on the forum, unless I was involved. It had to involve me for them to care, and at first I loved that about them. It was the first time I had ever gotten to feel important, or that I mattered. It was the first time I felt cared for. And Aishi was someone who genuinely seemed to care. But as I sat there in my room with the ear-shattering ticking of the watch tucked underneath the corner of my mattress, well, for the first time, I started to doubt them. I doubted the conclusion my desperation had drawn up, and how could you blame me for that? Aishi was not a blank slate. Only parts of them were blank. The parts that I could write my own wants and needs onto. And that did not make me right, only vulnerable. I kept wanting to ask Aishi what was going on. I kept wanting to question them as harshly as they would often question me and, and as they were questioning the Watchmen. But I couldn't do it. My hands would drift to the keyboard, hovering over it, but they could never land. They could never find a place, never mind type out some sort of barely coherent thought. My heart would tremble, and I could not linger at the computer desk much longer. I started pacing the room, listening to the sounds outside. The occasional siren and door slamming would stand out, but also not. By then, I had gotten somewhat used to it. As horrible as it was, the police would hang around our neighborhood, and in some ways it was unavoidable. It was not any less scary, but it was unavoidable. Like how my aunt was essentially homebound. Not because she couldn't actually go out, but because out wasn't a real destination. And it was the destination part of the equation that caused all of it to go awry. I heard the noises in the garage now that I was paying attention. The opening of that old, decrepit trunk. That loud creak, followed by a thud. The chair in front of the door was suddenly acceptable but insufficient. So I moved the chair and replaced it with the dresser. Now I was effectively a prisoner until my parents got home, and that likely should have frightened me more than it did. There was no one around to keep the peace. I mean, I was there, true, but I was fairly worthless in that endeavor. I could not stand up to Aishi, partially because I was incapable, and partially because there was so much at stake. For me. I mean, the Watchman was already doomed. There was nothing I could do about that. Aisha Online is a production of Miscellany Media Studios. 
It is written, produced, performed, and edited by MJ Bailey, with music from the Sounds Like an Earful music supply. If you like the show, please leave a review, tell a friend, or donate to the show's Ko-fi account.